You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz. And today is the beginning of our Hands Against Racism campaign, where we have conversations about racism in our society and how we can be better. Today, we're talking about what role do schools play when it comes to talking about the issue of racism. And we are now speaking to Annie Ohana, educator and activist. Annie, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so very much for having me. Now, first off, Annie, I do want to congratulate you because last year you were shortlisted for a Global Teacher Prize, which was awesome. Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So so right, uh, you know, in November there, right? I mean, it, it was about a, a six-month process. But, um, but yeah, in November, I was very lucky to join just incredible teachers from around the world. Um, and, and really, that was the best part of it, right? Spending some time in Paris with them and, and just getting a chance to really connect over the power of education. You know, you talk about, you know, anti-racism and education and, you know, meeting these incredible individuals, Ukrainian, Indian, Pakistani, American, South African, the list goes on. So I was so honored, so humbled. And, you know, I, I didn't win, but, but I won so much more. And, uh, and, I, and I just can't wait to keep doing that work on an international scale. I know. And it's incredible to me, just even being recognized for the work yeah. you do. I think Absolutely. that is what is so awesome. And I've told you this, Annie, before you're the teacher that I wish I had, because I feel like you're a big <laughs> inspiration to a lot of students. And one of the things you're really big on is talking about anti-racism, conversations mm-hmm. about inclusivity and diversity. Mm-hmm. So how important is it to do that at the education level? If we don't do it, we're just part of the problem. Right. Uh, we, we, you know, we were just part of the continued systemic racism that unfortunately Canada was founded on and that many of us, uh, especially uh, those of us who are in global majority, face on an almost daily basis. So at the end of the day, we need to teach in a way that helps empower our communities, uh, uplift our communities and actually solve the problems that we see in our world, which unfortunately include ones that are related to our backgrounds or heritage, you know, where we come from. Uh, all these things matter. And, and you, you, know, you can't really learn science or math or English or whatever uh, if it's steeped in, in racism. You know, I always point to residential schools as a great example of that. Just because a school is called a school, it doesn't make it a school, right? And, and true education. Education is meant to be an, a positive experience, and so really anti-racism and, and being equitable and justice-focused and inclusive is the only way that we can call ourselves like an education system. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, tackling the issue of racism in school, I feel like, you know, even just this conversation, you know, kids today are growing up on social media. They are getting so much information thrown at them that you and I didn't necessarily have when we were in school. So how is Mm -hmm. it also tackling that as well? Absolutely. And, you know, and I'll say it very clearly, the answer is not to shut it all down, right? The answer is to engage in that dialogue, to see what kids are learning. I think it's sad sometimes to realize that as much progress as we've made, I still see, you know, 13 to 18-year-olds that still have a lot of the same stereotypes. That still, especially in a BIPOC school, where, you know, they might still experience some of those negatives. So it's still around. It's still happening. You're right. Social media definitely opens the doors to a lot more. But I'm going to say it opens the doors to a lot of good. And so as teachers, we can be the facilitators. We can guide students to understand how to, you know, deal with their issues properly, to learn how to connect with other people, to look beyond skin color, to look beyond all these things, but also never to be afraid to question systems that, that hurt us. And, you know, Annie, as in your curriculum, it's very interesting because I know you do have a lot of conversations about like Mm -hmm. social justice and what role Mm -hmm. people play. Did you ever get any pushback for wanting to kind of introduce and talk about these topics in the classroom? 
You know, th- th- there has been. Uh, and not, I wouldn't say, you know, I think some teachers have faced a lot more. Um, but, but I think, but then it's a conversation, right? Because the pushback is always, I think it's good to investigate where that pushback is coming from. You know, what is making the student uncomfortable? Why do they disagree? And oftentimes what I find is that students either have a misunderstanding or they have faced some sort of conflict themselves where they, you know, uh, you know they scapegoat. Right. And so to me, the best thing I can do is to, to, to have that conversation. Maybe it's in private and not always in, in the public space, but, but to all, also allow students to share their experiences so they don't feel shut down. I think that's really important. But undoubtedly, right now I'm facing backlash on, you know, Soji. Right. And many of us are. Um, and so this is this is very real. Um, there are people, you know, we see bans happening in the states. We see actions here by multiple political parties across Canada uh, to attend. To, to ban certain things or or to criminalize certain uh, subjects that that you know we currently teach. So the backlash is real, but I have to say that at the end of the day, uh, one thing that a lot of students have told me that do have those kind of contrarian views is that they felt heard and they didn't feel judged. And I think that's important for young kids to understand that you might have a different opinion, but you know you can still learn about human rights. You can still learn about how racism impacts people, and really it's about just growing one's empathy so that they can learn to navigate the world in a way that isn't that they're not creating more harm to other people. Annie, as a parent myself, I do believe that the fight against racism begins at home. So what would your advice be for parents like me? Uh, that's such a great point. It absolutely begins in the home. I want parents to, to kind of really share and get out into the world. You know, it, it, it can be free, right? We're not talking about spending money here, but making sure that you're meeting different people, taking in different cultural experiences. And I think very importantly, kids listen to what their parents say the behavior, the ways you talk on the phone, right? The messaging you're giving, right? You're talking about a political situation and you make a certain comment. Uh, I can tell you, kids listen to that and, and they get an opinion, right? They go, oh, mom said this, dad said that, right? And, and certainly that's very striking to me because sometimes we don't realize that we're saying things. All of us, I always say all of us have prejudice. All of us have realities that, you know, we have these certain opinions, you know, and, and that's something we always need to self-reflect. So self-reflection is good. And also do not fear people different than you. It's very important to know your own culture, your own tradition. But there are so many beautiful traditions. And when kids see their parents engaging in, in a diverse community and, you know, being open and welcome to other ideas, um, it's incredible the way your kids will flourish. And actually, I can I have proof that they will be academic academically better, they will be more successful in their world, they will be happier, they will be mentally more sound, because they don't feel so negative all the time, and they don't feel that they're living in a world that's always against them. So, so open those doors a little bit. You know, libraries are amazing, books are amazing, uh, opportunities, you know, free festivals and communities are incredible ways that we can open up our, our minds and, and our families uh, to kind of have those experiences. Very well said there, Annie. And, you know, in your time, especially of being an educator, do you find that more and more classrooms are having, you know, conversations about the issue of racism? Absolutely. And, you know, and I have to say that's because we are 
pushing the system to change, right? We, we are daring to say we need more indigenous education. You know, we need Punjabi language programs. We need, you know, all kinds of things, right? Uh, we need to have black student unions and, and social justice clubs because we're forcing the system to realize that the pathway of doing things is not good enough. And also families. I mean, it, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of positive change. Um, I, but I'm not naive. I think there's a lot more work to be done. Um, there are still a lot of forces that don't necessarily like that this is happening, but I can tell you that, you know, all the kids that I've seen graduate and go on to incredible lives, um, they are happier, they're more fulfilled because they're living in a world that respects them, that, that sees their identities, you know, all their identities as valid, and that they can be celebrated and represented. And it's so beautiful when a kid can say, I feel represented in my school, my family feels represented in my community. And, and that's really how you end racism, because racism segregates. Racism wants to hide certain people. And so how do we change that is, is exactly what education, I think, is striving to do you know, as we move forward. Now, this is our 10th year of our Hands Against Racism campaign. What would be your message, Annie? We need more hands than ever. Right. If you've put up your hands before, if you've taken action before, I applaud you for that. Keep going. And I want to implore more people because, unfortunately, this work can be hard. Racism can be very aggressive and it can be very insidious. Do not be afraid to speak up and, more importantly, take space. Uh, be proud of who you are. You know, hold up your hands for yourself but also for other people. And I think the more we see those hands, right, the more we see people working together, it actually makes for a much lighter load. I think to Martin Luther King Jr., I think to a lot of movements happening right now, um, you know, in terms of, of freeing, you know, 2S LGBTQ people, the more people join that fight, uh, the better that it's going to be. Annie, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take no care. No worries.